What's up, y'all? What's good? In the last episode, we talked about supporting versus sponsoring, and there is so much information that goes along with that, and we hope you enjoyed every ounce of it and found it helpful, possibly eye-opening, if we're being honest with ourselves, (laughs) depending on the situation. But today, we're going to discuss gaslighting, what it is, what it looks like, its impact, what you do when you're experiencing it, and a lot more. So get ready. Let's get into it. So what is gaslighting exactly? What it is. The term gaslighting actually comes from the 1944 film called Gaslight. And in this film, there was a husband who tried to convince his wife that she's insane by causing her to question herself and her reality. So gaslighting is a form of psychological and emotional abuse that involves manipulating others into doubting or disbelieving their experiences, feelings, perceptions of reality, or even their sanity. It includes a pattern of continued behavior, often involving outright lying and denying visible facts or experiences. Yes, Lord. Gaslighting can exist interpersonally between individuals in a relationship and on a societal level. Apart from impacting you emotionally and psychologically, it can even impact you physically short and long term. Absolutely. So there are a few types of gaslighting. We're going to list six. Number one, countering your question of memory. They may say things like, you never remember things accurately, or are you sure you have a bad memory? Number two, withholding, refusing to engage in the conversation. They may pretend not to understand someone so that they don't actually have to respond to them. I don't know what you're even talking about, or you're just trying to confuse me. Number three, (laughs) trivializing belittling your feelings or disregarding them completely. They may accuse you of being oversensitive or overreacting all the time. Their feelings are valid, but yours are not. Why are you always overreacting? Blotty, 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 blah. Number four, straight denial. Denying something has even occurred or pretends to forget certain events. They may accuse you of making it up and denying that they ever even said something. I never said that. No, you're just crazy. I never said that at all. Been there. That didn't happen that way. Number five, diverting. Changes the focus of a discussion and questions your credibility. They say something like, that's just another one of your crazy ideas or whatever. They try to belittle something that's coming from you. And number six, stereotyping. Using negative stereotypes of a person's gender, race, ethnicity, sexuality, nationality, or even age to manipulate them. That goes without saying. Absolutely. So what are some signs to beware you're in for a scare? Signs of gaslighting. (laughs) So number one, compulsively worrying you're interpreting things wrong or being too sensitive. Two, thinking everything is your fault. Three, their words don't match their actions. Number four, finding it increasingly more difficult to make decisions. Number five, they shift blame away from themselves and on to you. Number six, they put you down one minute and praise you the next. Or number seven, feeling confused or just uncertain about your own memory. Right. Those are signs that you actually are being gaslighted. Yes. 
what can gaslighting sound like? So I know when we were going over the six types that we kind of put some out there, but here's some more. Number one, you're crazy. Number two, oh my God, you are way too sensitive or way too dramatic. Number three, well, I was just joking or learn to take a joke. I've heard that one before. Number four, I would never do that to you. Do you really think that little of me? Number five, you are remembering everything wrong. Why are you always twisting the situation? Number six, why do you always play the victim? Number seven, I didn't say that. You must have heard me wrong. Number eight, why can't you just let that go? And number nine, you always make such a big deal out of nothing. Mm, heard that one. I've heard all of those. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so what's the impact? Lack of self-trust, constant apologizing and people-pleasing, mm -hmm. difficulty making or sticking to decisions, second-guessing your reality and experiences, decreased confidence and increased self-doubt, questioning yourself and your identity, increasingly self-critical, anxiety over decision-making, and just anxiety as a whole in general. And to be honest... A lot of what we're talking about comes from gaslighting in relationships, but you can have gaslighting from a parental relationship, from a friendship level, from obviously a romantic level, or just from in general, yeah. a boss at work to work. Like you've probably may have heard them from your parents too. So yeah. what can you do when you've been gaslighted or you're experiencing it? Sometimes the safest and most productive way to combat gaslighting is just to remove yourself completely from the situation and distance yourself from that person or those groups. But here are some ways you can respond, if you so choose. Number one, I'm not going to argue with you about what I know I experience. Number two, I remember that differently. Number three, my feelings and my perception of what happened are valid, even if you don't understand or you disagree. Number four, I hear you, but that isn't how I experienced that at all. Number five, if you continue invalidating me, I will not continue this conversation. And just remember, no matter how much they try to convince you that you are, you are not crazy. And you deserve to trust your sense of reality. So these are a few things that gaslighters and narcissists have in common. Number one, frequent lies and exaggeration. So both narcissists and gaslighters are prone to frequent lies and exaggerations about themselves and others. And they have a tendency of lifting themselves up and they put other people down. Number two, they can both be good at distorting facts, deliberate falsehoods, character assassinations, and negative coercions. One key difference is that while the narcissist lies and exaggerates to boost their fragile self-worth, the gaslighter does so to show their domination and control. Absolutely. And if you're experiencing gaslighting, chances are it's probably from a narcissist. That's not always the case, but more times than not. So an example number two of how gaslighting and narcissism go hand in hand. Rarely do they admit flaws and they are highly aggressive when they're criticized. Many narcissists and gaslighters have thin skin and react poorly when they're called to account for their behavior. When they're held accountable, it's like an attack on mm -hmm. them. That's what they feel. So when they're challenged, a narcissist is likely to either fight Example, temper tantrum, excuse making, denial, blame, etc. Or they take a flight, literally fight or flight, basically. Mm -hmm. Bolting out the door, avoidance, silent treatment, sulking resentment, or any other forms of passive aggression. Another example is they nearly always resort to escalation by doubling or tripling down on their false accusations to intimidate or to oppress their own opponent, which chances are is probably in the relationship and you're the opponent. Many gaslighters view relationships as 
more of a competitive thing rather than a collaborative thing. So a game where one is either a winner or a loser or the top or the bottom, they live for that. Example number three, false image projection. For example, there was an anonymous partner of a narcissist who sent in, my husband always wants people to see him as successful, powerful, and envy worthy no matter how shaky his real life actually is. Mm-hmm. And that is a great example. So many narcissists like to impress others by making themselves look good externally. This trophy complex can exhibit itself physically, romantically, sexually, socially, religiously, financially, materially, professionally, academically, and even culturally. All the least. All the least. <laughs> the underlying message of this display is, I'm better than you, or look at how special I am. I'm worthy of everyone's love, admiration, and acceptance. They often create an idealized self-image of being the dominant alpha male or female in the relationship, at the workplace, or in any high-profile position of society. So pathological gaslighters often take pride and boost themselves up by judging those whom they perceive as weaker. Mm -hmm. They attack their victims with direct and subtle cruelty, gaining pleasure from these offenses, and betraying any lack of empathy at all. Yeah, they almost seek out people who they feel are weaker. Are weaker. Yeah. That doesn't always work out for the the person who might be weaker. Yeah. Emotionally, anyway. Um, Number four. Rule breaking and boundary violation. Hmm. They are professionals. (laughs) (laughs) These people enjoy getting away with violating all rules and social norms. Examples of narcissistic tendencies include cutting in line, chronic undertipping, personal space intrusion. They don't know what personal space is. Borrowing items without returning, sometimes without asking. Disobeying traffic laws, breaking appointments, and negating promises. Some examples of gaslighting include direct or subtle remarks, public or privately shaming and humiliation, sarcastic comments or mocking, internet trolling, angry and hateful speech, and attacks on who they consider undesirable individuals or groups. In severe cases, the boundary violation may result in illicit and underhanded dealings, financial abuse, sexual harassment, date rape, domestic abuse, hate crimes, human rights violations. They take pride in their destructive behaviors because they provide them with a hollow and desperate sense of superiority and privilege. And to be honest, if you look at narcissistic behavior you almost see those traits almost always in like serial killers Mm -hmm. and people who are just violent criminals in general because they feel superior and they they, oh I can get away with this yeah or these people mean nothing right that's a good point yeah number five emotional invalidation and coercion this is a big one although they can be physically abusive For the majority of victims, it's emotional suffering. This is where most of the damage is done. They enjoy spreading and arousing negative emotions in order to feel powerful and to keep you insecure and completely off balance. They habitually invalidate others' thoughts, feelings, and priorities. They show little remorse for causing the people in their lives pain, and they often blame their victims for having caused their own victimization. Mm -hmm. They have unpredictable mood swings, and they're prone to emotional drama. You never know what might displease them or set them off at any moment. They become upset at any sign of independence and self-affirmation. They get agitated if you disagree with their views or fail to meet their expectations. And they are so sensitive to criticism, but they're very quick to judge others. By keeping you down and making you feel inferior, they boost their ego and they feel more reassured about themselves as a whole. Absolutely. And back to the point where you made they become upset at any sign of independence and self-affirmation. It's almost like, how dare you feel good about yourself? Number six 
manipulation, the use of control or control of others as an extension of oneself. Both narcissists and gaslighters, okay, they have a tendency to make decisions for others to suit their own agenda. Narcissists may use their romantic partners, their children, families, friends, or colleagues to meet unreasonable self-serving needs, to fulfill unrealized dreams, or to cover up a weakness or shortcoming. Gaslighters use psychological manipulation through persistent distortion of the truth. So this isn't just all or nothing, this is over time, with the intention of causing their victims to question themselves and feel less confident than probably they ever have before. In personal or professional environments, they manipulate by micromanaging relationships, including telling others how they should think, feel, and behave under their unreasonable restrictions and scrutiny. Gaslighter manipulation is often highly aggressive with very strict measures executed towards those who fail to recognize and obey their self-perceived authority. Both of these types betray an inability and unwillingness to relate to people as human beings, just in a genuine aspect of being a normal human being. They become so special and superior by being less human and by dehumanizing others. In the worst case scenario, some individuals possess traits of both narcissism and gaslighting, like we've said before. This is a highly toxic and destructive combination of vanity, manipulation, bullying, and abuse. Whether you have dealt with a gaslighter or been in a gaslighting situation or even a narcissist, it's good to always recognize the signs that we're giving you today. And maybe you're already in a relationship that you didn't even realize that was like this until you heard some of these characteristics. Absolutely. Scary place to be with either one or with someone who's both. We're back. So in part one, we went after the characteristics, the signs, the red flags. In part two, we're going to talk about if you were in a gaslighting situation, how to move on from that. Yep. Once it's over. Let's block contact. Rule number one. Completely. Block your contact, okay? It's important to block all forms when you're dealing with a gaslighter. This means any emails, phone numbers, texts, social media, any way they can get in touch with you. It also means letting friends and family know that you will not be entertaining any messages sent from this person to them to you. you they don't need to be the middleman. Right. They need to respect your boundary. You don't want to hear from them. Gaslighters and narcissists use, quote, flying monkeys to remain in contact with you, right? They'll ask your family and your friends, oh, tell Sam I miss them, and to pass on other messages, right? The best way to get this to stop is to refuse to listen to those messages. Ah, ah, grandma, I ain't listening to it, okay? No matter how tempting it may be to want to hear what the person has to say. If you share children with this person, Cutting off all contact may not be possible. We understand that. There are options available for setting firm boundaries with your co-parent gaslighter. Gaslighters will usually try to get back in your life. Once their narcissistic supply has left, it can put them in panic mode, unless they're already with somebody else. In that event, even though it may not seem like it, you do want them to find someone else, just so they can stay out of your life. Yeah, take that obsession somewhere else. Go be with her or him. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> the next one. This is so big, and I think this is so hard because we want it so bad. I'd screw this. Forget about closure. Closure's not real. It's not. 
It's not. If you feel like you need closure to move on, you're probably not going to get it. Nope. Ever. You may especially feel like you didn't get closure if they did their classic discard and left you without a trace. Peace. These are not people you can do a relationship post-mortem discussion as a way to get closure. Because likely they're going to tell you everything was your fault, which is not true. Mm-hmm. Because that's just how they operate. There are some events in life where you just don't get closure. And guys, it's okay. Absolutely. It's Closure okay. is sometimes overrated anyway. Yeah. It's not real. Sometimes you have to accept an apology that you will never get. Yeah. And you have to learn to be okay with that. Number three, self-care, baby. Yes. Now is the time to be extra good to yourself because your ex was not, right? (laughs) You may have been told that your needs weren't important or that you had to sacrifice your needs to prove that you put your ex-partner first, right? I'm sure all of us have been there. But now is the time to indulge in yourself and take care of yourself. Do something every single day just for the sake of enjoyment. You want to go for a walk? Go for a walk. If it's raining, still go for the walk. Do whatever you want to do. You can do whatever you want. You no longer need to hear that your hobbies and your interests or whatever are less than. You can just go have fun for the sake of having fun. One of the best ways to practice good self-care is to get enough sleep. You fell asleep? (laughs) Yes. You may be having difficulty sleeping right now. We understand that. Listen to relaxing recording before bed. Turn off any and all electronic devices at least an hour before bed. Take time to make your bed and make your bedroom more relaxing, more inviting, a comfortable place, especially if you're sleeping on your own for the first time in a while. See your doctor if you're having problems sleeping and you may need some medication to help you get to sleep or at least try some melatonin, at least through the initial stage of your breakup. All right, reconnect. You probably became isolated from your friends and family during this relationship. Gaslighters and narcissists work to distance you from others. This is a way that they can make you progressively more dependent on them. And guys, it is on purpose. Absolutely. Reach out to the friends and family that are emotionally healthy for you. You'll know they're healthy because when you're around them, you feel relatively calm and you'll just feel like you can be yourself. Your loved ones will be happy to hear from you. And if they are judgmental or give you issues when you reconnect with them, move along, honey. Move along, move along like I know you do. Anyway, (laughs) grief. This is a big one, and we don't really think about it from a relationship standpoint. But you do have to grieve the breakup. You are not grieving not only the loss of your relationship, but also the partner that you thought you knew or the future that you thought you had, right? Gaslighters start showing their true selves in a relationship. And when that mask of niceness and loving behavior drops for the first time, it can be a shock. You're like, who is this person? You also may be grieving who you were before the relationship. You may have smiled more and felt calmer before this relationship. You can be that person again and probably an even better version of that person, but it does take some time to heal. There is no timetable, no timeline for grief. And remember that anyone that tells you that there is just doesn't know what you're going through. You will feel a variety of emotions, sometimes all at once. Feelings of relief, frustration, anger, happiness, rage, anxiety, sadness. Those are all normal. I think it's important to remember that it's okay to be sad. Don't let people make you feel like you're being ridiculous or childish or any type of way because you're grieving the relationship. It's healthy. You have to grieve it to move on, just like anything else. 
But I do think it's important to try to find things that can make you happy, too. I don't think it's healthy to be sad all the time. And don't focus on it all the time. Right. If you're dwelling on it, of course you're going to be sad. Absolutely. But if if sadness comes up every once in a while, that's okay. We're not telling you to sit around and just be depressed. Right. I think this this next one's really important, and it's really hard to do when you've been in these situations because me and you have both dealt with one or the other of these in some form. Mm -hmm. But forgive yourself. Absolutely. It's okay to forgive yourself. Say it again. Forgive yourself. (laughs) It's completely normal to feel angry at yourself when you finally get out of a gaslighting relationship. Forgiveness is a multi-step process, right? Mm -hmm. The way the person behaved towards you is not your fault. And this is so important to remember. The gaslighter's behavior is 100% their responsibility and no one else's, they including knew what they you. Was doing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you may have been told by your partner that if you didn't do or say something, that they wouldn't have reacted that way. But to blame someone else for abusive behavior is also abusive. Yep. Forgive yourself for not picking up on the signs of gaslighting earlier. People who gaslight and have narcissistic tendencies like this are very good at covering up bad behaviors. They're very good at being fake, Mm -hmm. especially in the first few months. their whole thing. They want people to believe that they're this perfect person. Their self-image, like the image they're putting out to the world, that's all they care about. So also forgive yourself for not leaving earlier. Keep in mind that they probably use some form of emotional blackmail or threats to keep you in this relationship. The important thing right now in this moment is that you left, okay? And no matter what, no matter how long you were in that situation or not, that's a brave thing to do. Absolutely. Forgiveness is giving up the hope that the past can be changed. Mm -hmm. And guys, talk to a professional. If you feel like that's something that you need, and must, to be honest, most of us probably should. Yeah. Mental health professionals such as counselors or psychologists, social workers, and others are trained to help you to work through grief and rebuild your life. You have been through a lot in this relationship, especially if you're dealing with a gaslighter or a narcissist or someone who's both. And you may feel like the people who you usually rely on, while they're supportive or they may be having difficulty truly understanding what you're actually going through. But these professionals are a neutral third party and that's helpful because they can help you see what options are available to you. They can kind of talk you down from the ledge or make you kind of see it from their viewpoint for someone who doesn't know you or the person that you were dating, especially if you feel stuck after a breakup. Keep in mind that you may need to meet with a few counselors to find the right person for you. And sometimes, you know, you click with people and sometimes you don't. But it's not any different when you're finding a counselor or a psychologist or a therapist. So get some referrals from friends who may see someone, an online search or search into psychology today for therapists in your area that specialize in narcissism and domestic violence because that truly is what it is. And it doesn't get enough credit as domestic violence or abuse rather. So we need to remember when we're getting out of these relationships that we have to establish boundaries because people like this, unless they've moved on to someone else, like she said earlier, they're going to try to find a way to come back into your life in any form, any way. They'll fake how they act. They'll talk how they think you want them to talk, all those kinds of things. So when you're in a relationship with a gaslighter, your boundaries are always violated continually over time. You may have forgotten the boundaries that which you're entitled to in the first place, right? You have the right to say no at any time. And I think we forget that. Mm -hmm. You have the right to change your mind at any time. You have the right to feel safe with your partner. These are not negotiable at all. Absolutely not. You have a right to healthy boundaries and you have a right to have those boundaries respected, period. No 
is a complete sentence. It is. So remember that. And you don't have to follow anything else with and it. And that's not just with dating or relation, like romantic relationships. That's with friends. That's with bosses. That's with family. Mm-hmm. Boundaries are healthy. That's how you literally stay mentally stable. Absolutely. <laughs> and last but not least, educate yourself. Education can help you heal and prepare yourself for the next time you meet someone and what you want to recognize sooner that you didn't maybe recognize in this past relationship. So learn more about gaslighting and how gaslighters love bomb you at the beginning of a relationship. They put you on a pedestal and then they devalue you throughout the relationship. So know the red flags for the next time you put yourself out there to meet someone. This doesn't mean that you did anything to cause the gaslighting behavior previously, but that behavior is all on the gaslighter like Sam said before. They tend to prey upon people who care about others, who are people pleasers, to be honest. And that is a beautiful trait that you have. But there is nothing wrong with you opening your heart to others. Just do it now on with an added layer of protection. So to wrap up today's episode, we know this topic was a little heavier than what we've been doing, but we've both personally experienced one or the other. And we know a lot of people that have or are dealing with this right now. So we felt it was really important to break this down and dive into this a little deeper. And just bring attention to it. Yeah, I mean... I mean, I feel like too often people are ashamed for some reason to talk about things like this. And I don't think you should be. Yeah, it's nothing to ever be ashamed of. But guys, if you have any personal stories that you want to share, we would love to get voice messages, DMs. And remember, we know this is some really personal stuff. We will keep it confidential. And if you're going through something like this, we want you to remember, you can rebuild your life. It's not the end. It might it might feel like the end, but it's not the end. And your life will be better than ever once you get over this hurdle. But every week, every Tuesday, you know where we're going to be. We'll see you next week. Next week. Bye. Bye. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. Oh, 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 my God. Oh, 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 oh my God. Uh-huh. Oh, 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 oh